Hour number two, Pete Callender, News Talk 1110-993 WBT. The phone number is 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110, and the email is Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Broadcasting live today from the 31st Annual Union County Crime Stoppers Barbecue, and uh, I'll be here until 3 o'clock. Actually, I'll be here till like 3.20 because Brett Winterbull's coming in after me, and we always do the Friday hangover, so I'll hang over and uh, chat with him for a little bit. Brett will be here, and uh, the event is going on through 6 p.m., so uh, come on by, get you some barbecue. I think everybody in Union County is here, so you can see all your neighbors and friends while you're here. Um, So, last hour, talking about demographic and party registration shifts that are occurring in America and in North Carolina, and I started talking about this piece by Joel Kotkin and Samuel Abrams called The Rise of the Single, Woke, and Young Democratic Female. It's a lengthy write-up at uh, Real Clear Investigations, and if you are a data nerd, if you love like the percentages and all the the numbers, uh, go read the piece, RealClearInvestigations.com, uh, because it's got a ton of this stuff. I've tried not to, because you know you don't do a lot of numbers. You don't want to do a lot of numbers on radio. It's just not usually good radio. Hard to follow all, when you're just listening. You know, to the audio. Numbers are better when you can see them. And so I'm going to try to steer clear of some of the, or most of the numbers. I'm going to give you a couple, though. So here's, uh, here are the big line uh, takeaways. Married men, married women, unmarried men, all broke for the GOP in the midterm elections. But 68% of unmarried women voted for Democrats. Roe v. Wade, the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the Dobbs decision, right, that probably was a special factor in the midterms, they say. But the longer-term trend shows that single, childless women are joining African Americans as the Democrats' most reliable supporters. Their power is growing thanks to the demographic wins. The number of never-married women has grown from 20% to now more than 30%, and that's just in the last 60 years or so. Pew Research also said single-person households went from 13% to 27%, same period. So now we have double the number of single-person households. About two-thirds of single men say they're looking for a relationship or dates. I mean, not enough to, like, you know, take a shower or get the crust out of their eyes or anything, but, they're you know, they're looking. Uh, Meanwhile, only, like, a third of women, single women, are looking for relationships or dates. This phenomenon is not just confined to America, either. Marriage and birth rates have fallen in much of the world, including Europe and Japan. The rise of SWFs is what they're called. SWFs, single white females. Except it's not white, it's woke. Single woke females, (laughs) right? Or Swifts, if you will. They're Swifts, like Taylor Swift also, right? Taylor Swift, she's... Okay. Um... It's one of the great untold stories in American politics right now. This group, this demographic group, is distinct from divorced women or widows. And the Swifts, the single woke females, they are largely Gen Z and millennial voters. And they share a sense of collective identity and progressive ideology. And that sets them apart from older women. More likely to live in urban centers. More likely to support progressive policies. They are a driving force in the Democratic Party 
and the nation's shift to the left. One paradox here. Democrats depend ever as they yeah, how they depend more on women defined in the strict biological sense, right? <laughs> which is <laughs> which is kind of at odds uh, with the party's progressive wing which embraces the blurring and flexible gender boundaries of identity politics, right? An American Enterprise Institute survey shows that married men and married women are way more likely than unmarried women to believe that women are well treated or to believe that women are equally treated. Right? So if you are a if you're an unmarried, if you're a swift, if you're a single woke female, young Democrat female, if you're a swift, chances are you don't believe women are well treated and you don't believe they're equally treated. But if you're married, man or woman, you do. It's almost like there's some sort of a lesson here. As they grow in numbers, these discontented younger single women are developing something of a group consciousness. Nearly two-thirds of women under the age of 30 see what happens to another woman as critical to their own lives. Think about that. Two-thirds. If you're under the age of 30, two-thirds of these women under 30 years old, they think that what happens to any other woman is, is not just important, it's not empathetic or sympathetic, oh, it's too bad, oh, it's too good, whatever. No, no, no. It's critical to your own life. This, that, that's, like, that, that, that's like collective consciousness, group consciousness, hive mentality, right? Among women over the age of 50, it's fewer women believe that. This perception of a linked fate with everyone else, right? That is in contrast to survey results regarding single dudes. Single dudes, they're actually disconnected and getting increasingly disconnected from each other, from other men. Whereas uh, women bond more closely. All right, going on here in this uh, analysis, again, real clear investigations. The key driver of these attitudes, where do you think it's coming from? Take a wild guess. Okay, you can give up. All right. Universities. Right. Colleges. That's where it's coming from. Where feminist ideology holds powerful sway. They say that women predominate on college campuses. Right? In the late 60s, women were like less than 40% of all college grads. Now they're 60%. So, mission accomplished, everybody. Women are graduating college. They're going to college more than dudes. Mission accomplished. Maybe we can dial it back a little bit. I mean, or no, are we not going for equity? Are we not going for equality here? No? With this growth of more women in colleges now dominating, you're getting to a point where it's, you know, two-thirds of all college uh, kids and graduates are women. What does this mean? It means that the feminist agenda has become increasingly part of the, the regular curriculum, right? According to the National Center for Education Statistics, which I hear is just a rowdy bunch, the number of women's and gender studies degrees has increased 100% since 1990. There are now more than 2,000 degrees given out in uh, in this area every year. 
There are widespread movements to establish women's centers almost everywhere. Uh, even as men are abandoning college and university life in record numbers, those who remain uh, on campus are hit with messaging about uh, their behavior, about their status, DEI, offices opening all over the place, along with various student life offices that regularly call them toxic, call them aggressive, call them born misogynist, right? So there's a lot of stuff stacked against these folks, these dudes. Research shows that having children tends to make you more conservative. D- divorce doesn't change it. Do you know that? Divorce doesn't change that calculus decisively. Although, it does tend to make you more conservative if you're liberal, which I found interesting. If you're, right, if you're a liberal, you get married, and then divorced, you tend to get more conservative. It doesn't happen the other way, though. If you're conservative, you're married, you get more conservative, then you get divorced, you don't get more liberal, you stay conservative. So there's a sociologist named uh, Daniel Bell, who says, what we are witnessing is the coming of the post-industrial society. He actually noted this 50 years ago. He cited a new type of individualism, unmoored from religion, unmoored from family, and something fundamentally transforming the foundations of middle-class culture. Something else to keep in mind. Married people account for 77% of all homeowners. That's according to the Center for Politics. 77% of homeowners are married. Married women tend to do better professionally, like way better professionally, economically. Their rate of marriage has remained constant, while those without spouses have declined. Right? Single-parent households do far worse. This economic reality impacts political choices. If you're not part of an economic familial unit, who do you look for? Who do you look to to help out? If you can't make ends meet and you've got no one in the house but you, who's going to help you? You're unmoored from religion. You're unmoored from family. You turn to government. The pitch of Democratic presidents, as reflected in Barack Obama's famous, remember this, the life of Julia, Joe Biden then did a similar one, the life of Linda, that advertised the government's cradle-to-grave assistance for women. It's geared towards women who may never marry, with the occasional child-raising address, not by family resources, but governmental part. Unmarried women tend to be employed heavily in professions like medical care and teaching. Why is this critical? I'll explain in a moment. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It's the Pete Callender Show. I'm the Pete of the show, and this is the show. Broadcasting live from the 31st Annual Union County Crime Stoppers Barbecue. We're going now until 6 o'clock. I mean, I'm not. I'm just going until 3. Brett Winterbull will be in after that. Uh, but you can come on down and get some barbecue. Uh, they got, uh, they got. A, I mean, it is a very efficient uh, operation going here. You don't even have to come in. You can, they get drive up. They've got uh, walk up. You can eat in. They got music playing. It's just, uh, it's a really great event. Come on by. And it supports a great cause, the Union County Crime Stoppers. And so far, as far as I can tell, uh, on site here, no crime. 
No crime. I think it might have to do with the law enforcement presence. There is a lot of people here with weaponry. Uh, so, uh, yeah. No crime happening at the Crime Stoppers barbecue. Uh, alrighty, so I'm going over this uh, this lengthy analysis. It's at Real Clear Investigations. It's by Joel Kotkin and uh, Samuel Adams. And they are talking about a particular demographic that uh, it really made itself known in the midterm elections, right? Really came out. This was their coming out party, they say, right? This was the, the Swifts, the single, woke female. And they tend to be young and democratic, but this is it's a new, uh, em, this emerging um, demographic. And it is essent- it's becoming more and more an essential part of the Democrat Party constituency, which is now, uh, like, it's African-American voters, which are somewhere in the neighborhood of 90% voting for Democrats, and this swift vote. They have to keep these demographics um, on on board, right, for, the, uh, for them to be successful electorally. The Democrats do. So, uh, unmarried women, they, uh, right, they are more likely to be employed in helping professions. So what does this mean? For, uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, they don't have a, a, an economic familial unit. There's no family unit because they are single and you know not married. They don't. Uh, they, they if they're living in a house, they're alone, right? So it's a single home ownership. Uh, so if they've got problems financially, who are they going to turn to? Right? There's also this element where this uh, loss of religiosity, and if they're single, woke. Uh, then they're probably not going to church. That's what the numbers show as well. So who do they turn to? What do they turn to? Well, they're going to turn to government programs and services. Uh, They're going to look for government transfers because the family is not there. There's no church there. There's no nonprofit, whatever, that's there to help them, so they turn to the church. And remember, we laughed and laughed about the whole Life of Julia video that the uh, Obama administration put out where it promised cradle-to-grave support and services and wealth transfers to you you don't need anybody in your life. And we laughed at this like, oh my gosh, look at this, you know, this big government promotional ad. But we weren't the target audience. The target audience was the Swifts. And that's why Joe Biden's camp did the very same video, but they called it the life of Linda. And look at all the government programs that Linda can can use so she doesn't, quote, need anybody else in her life, which of course is a lie, right? I mean, it is a lie. She needs everybody else in her life. She, right, via government. She's got government in her life. And who is government? But us. I'm often told by the left, government is us, Pete. Right, well then, we're all in Linda's life. We're all up in her business, right? Oh, no, no, you can't be up in... No, 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 no not in her business. That's between her and her doctor. You can't be... Right, you can't be up in anybody's business, but we... We're going to have all of these services cater to all of your desires so everyone else has to fund these things that you need because you're not interested in participating in the model that not only uh, provides the most stability for you, but also for the society at large. Okay, so women unmarried also tend to be heavily employed in these helping professions such as medical care and teaching, high taxes and regulation. High taxes and regulation pose problems in the general economy, but not those two professions. Women predominate in the fields that actually benefit from more government spending. This includes the once GOP-leaning medical profession. 
right? These differences now are showing up in the backlashes against left-wing education policy, epitomized by such programs as uh, you know, the uh, drag queen story hours for kindergartners. you got married moms who are at the, the, uh, the forefront of this fight at the school board meetings, right? Leading these charges. Why? Because they're not, in, in a lot of cases, they're not even, they're not leftists. They're not right-wingers. They're just moms. And they're like, you should not be teaching this stuff to my kids. Why? Well, maybe because when you're married and you have kids, you all of a sudden start becoming a little bit more conservative. So if you break up the family unit, now you can, you can act as a break on that, right? If the intention is to defeat conservatism, if the, de- if the, uh, the goal is to enact more progressive policies, then you want as many people as possible to help you do that and how you recruit people into that uh, into that arena is to uh, get them on board financially make them dependent make their professions dependent people who open their own businesses they don't want government coming in and telling them how to do stuff and raising taxes and acting regulations and such but in the medical community industry I should say not community in the industry in the medical com- uh, industry as well as the education industry they're already in bed with GovCo. And so the more regulations that come down the pike on the general economy, the more pushback they get. But it doesn't matter because the people that put them in the office, they work in the industries that benefit directly. What else? The divisions between married and unmarried women are reinforced and amplified by the geographic divisions in the country. This is what we call the big sort, right? Where people are moving into states like North Carolina, Texas, Florida. People are, are, are moving to these states because they want the lifestyle and the, the cultural norms, the societal norms that are exhibited. Leftists are moving to California and to urban core areas. Americans are increasingly settling into distinct communities of like-minded individuals. Urban centers are particularly friendly to singles. In virtually all high-income co- high societies, high density today translates into low fertility rates. Married women who live in urban settings are evenly split politically, too. See? So where you live, this geography, this also has an impact. We'll get into that in a moment. WBT Geography is destiny This is a piece again at Real Clear Investigations The rise of single woke females Or swifts The division between married and unmarried women Are reinforced and amplified by the geographic divisions in the country What some call the big sort Um, And married women who live in urban settings Are evenly split between conservative and liberal. Married women in urban settings are split. So this is like to the point of Republicans thinking they can't win in urban areas. Married women in urban settings evenly split between conservative and liberal. But among single women, only 18% are conservative. Right? So this is the dividing line. And the lowest birth rates are found in ultra-blue cities and states, which are magnets largely for singles and childless people guys i'm just gonna some free advice (laughs) 
Do you want to? Do you want to join? Oh, all right, Dan Bishop just said he's he's been slinging barbecue over here. But some free advice for Democrats. I'm not sure this is a long-term winning strategy for you. <laughs> I don't think this has. I don't think this movement's got legs. Seriously, like if if the whole point is to attract single, childless people to to dense urban core areas, and that's that, and that's the whole plan. They're not repopulating, folks. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you've thought it through. Okay, Congressman Dan Bishop. He's been hanging out here at the uh, Union County Crime Stoppers Barbecue. You've been. Uh, you got your apron on. You've been slinging barbecue, or maybe it was coleslaw. What, what station were you on? Were they you assigned on? me the one they thought was commensurate with my skills. I got the handing out the slices of bread. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Well, do you feel... I didn't screw it up that bad. I was going to say, did, did you feel overqualified or underqualified for said assignment? Yeah, I felt like I was, it was a very close match, and it worked out really well. I uh, got to a certain point, and the line had been there for a long time, and I sort of slunk away. <laughs> That's I, I slunk away and left J.R. Rowell in there to do the job. Oh, there you go. He all just right. kept working. It was great. So you've been here all day. I heard you on this morning yeah. uh, with Bo and Beth. Uh, that was very entertaining. You're, you're not, just for the record, you're not going to be named a co-host of any of these programs <laughs> just because you're here all You're wanting to keep your ratings right. up. You exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I actually started off the program today, and I was talking about uh, the extraordinary measures that the Federal Reserve uh, was going to have to enact in the, the Secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen, with yeah. like extraordinary measures. And I I got kind of worried earlier in the week, and then I saw last night her letter that got sent out, and it basically said they're just going to like do some back-of-house bookkeeping stuff, and uh, <laughs> there's really no effect until, like, June. It's such manipulation. Yeah. I mean, that is, and, you know, think about how reprehensible it is that, that they begin... They, they, they have no issue with the debt limit until about June. That is an eternity in terms of the legislative calendar. And that'll be dealt with over the course of the next several months. And and they and they <laughs> they talk. Well, the Republicans are not just going to automatically pass a debt ceiling increase. It poses you know danger that uh, puppies will die and whatever. I did. I saw that line item in your budget yeah, proposal. Yeah, absolutely. Puppies, dead puppies, dead. right there. Yep. That's because what this what the Republicans are for. <laughs> but of course, you know, the, you know, then then the other thing line you read is Biden says he's not negotiating of the debt ceiling. Yeah. Well, and and is that so brinksmanship? <laughs> Hang on, I need to know what is <laughs> the rule. Is that not is that brinksmanship? That's statesmanship. No. Oh. when they do that. But uh, that's the that is the line. And you're right. I mean, the the this is a, a this is a starting of a firing the starting uh, shot. Mm-hmm on a process that happens over and over and over and continually as long as our debt continues to explode we're going to always have debt ceiling increase votes actually some have said they should just do away with it entirely and let it rise t- till eternity but i actually prefer that the members of congress have to have a say periodically over the total level of of debt the country can hold and and it is it's something that makes all the sense in the world to if you pause and think about it that if, as this problem that everybody in America recognizes to be endangering existential problem in due course, if not already, mm-hmm. we, we should be thinking about how we would reform our spending habits and and uh, spending plans as we vote the next. I, I just think that makes sense. No matter how much hysteria comes out of the press or how much uh, refusal to bargain comes out of the White House or the Chuck Schumer, 
Uh, we're going to. That's the whole. That was the point, partly, of the last couple of weeks' exercise. Right. That we're going to decide in advance that we're going to the mat for some things. So, is it even possible at this point? Is it too late? Because I, I see these numbers like unfunded liabilities of seventy trillion dollars. That's I, I don't even comprehend the number. Right. I don't know how you would even be able to afford that. I don't know how you plan for that. There's there's. I can't even set sort of an expectation on growth of the GDP that would generate enough money to to fund those obligations. So is this all just sort of like theoretical at this point because we have blown it up so bad? Are we rearranging the chairs on the Titanic, on the deck of the Titanic? Um, it is it's difficult. Uh, we've been essentially here before after World War II. The problem, of course, is that we have... You know, there's reason to believe we could have an emergency of another one sort or another on the horizon. We talk about China and what they're spending in Russia and Ukraine. So we're not in position really to build a huge, huge amount of additional debt. Mm-hmm. And but but I and and you know you have questions about whether entitlement programs are susceptible politically of being changed at all. I actually do have a lot of confidence in the American people that when presented with challenges we tend to overcome them i mean our history speaks to that and it's still the same core of americans so i think we can do it and i also see you know there uh russ vote i'm a big fan he was uh, trump's uh director of office and management and budget now runs the center for renewing america he's got a balanced budget he's um it it balances in 10 years and we saw before uh, back in the 90s when republicans held congress for an extended period of time actually clinton was president you achieve balance. It doesn't take anything really that radical. Rates remain high, and if economic growth peters out, then the problem gets to be almost impossible. But you adjust some of those parameters a little bit and get exercise some discipline, and it begins to become possible. Uh, have you seen the plan for the the minting of the trillion dollar coin or whatever that was? <laughs> you, you like that idea? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would just like I, if I could hold it for a second and then maybe shave just a little bit off of it, just shave just a <laughs> sliver, because that would be worth a couple billion. Get a taste. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be worth billions, <laughs> I'm sure, right? Because that's how that works. Yeah. Uh, it's just insanity. So, have you ever looked at? Um, and I don't know the details. I'm just kind of curious if the the uh, is it vote or vault plan uh, is that similar to the penny plan? At uh, all? Do you know anything about that one? I can't speak to one? the penny plan. Okay, I, I don't really need, can't. Yeah. Um, and I and I'm somewhat indifferent. There are a few things. This is a Republican study commi- committee, uh, of seven-year plan that uh, that is associated with Kevin Hearn from Oklahoma. There's some. I, there are a variety. We'll have a what they call a voterama. We'll pick one. But we, that's one of the things we agreed to is we're gonna we're gonna adopt. We're gonna have votes. We're gonna adopt <laughs> real vote, <laughs> and we're gonna adopt. <laughs> I know it's all supposed to go according to choreography, but I actually think it's uh, kind of interesting if we don't know what all the outcomes are before we start, and um, and we are gonna uh, do that. I, I'm confident that Republican majority is gonna adopt a balanced budget, and the hard part's gonna be we we've got an agreement that. We're not going to do debt ceiling increase until we have a bicameral agreement on limiting spending to a particular target, and that's fiscal year 22 non-discretionary spend. Uh, excuse me, discretionary spending, mm-hmm. and um, that is uh, doable. It's going to be tough. But Does that do mean that. cuts? And do you and like wh- what do you what do you foresee the attacks being with whatever those cuts are? Uh, I'll try to. Uh, make it as, as difficult as possible. Yeah, they're, they're going to block off the road so you can't look at Mount Rushmore, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I think we'll have to see, Pete. I mean, the the 
Um, there are a variety of ways to do it. Uh, I'm not wedded to one particular way. It is not that tough. And uh, and I think most Americans, some some who, you know, you were talking about, frankly, the uh, Democrat Party constituency, they're uninterested in how things are paid for. Mm. They just expect that they will be. And they think that they can. Rich guy out there so that you can extract the funds from. Anybody studies the math a little bit, well, no, you can't go take it from any particular party it, person. It's There are not that many rich people. I said this the other day. Um, former Governor uh, Jim Martin used to say, see that man behind the tree, go tax him, don't tax me. And that's the philosophy that everybody thinks will, will win the day. Uh, do you, can you stick around for one more? If I want to ask so. you. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm directing the congressman <laughs> to stick around then. <laughs> Talk 1110-993-WBT. We are at the uh, Union County Crime Stoppers Barbecue. It's the 31st annual and uh, my first. Is this your first, Dan no, Bishop? No. I've been here Bishop. several times, and it, uh, Pete, it's really it's a great. I mean, this ag center in Union County is sort of the uh, center of a lot of life activity out here. It's, it's a great building, great facility. Uh, and, there, and this particular event, there's a guy, Reed Helms, if you haven't met Reed. You definitely ought to get the experience. Reed's one of the guys that knows everybody in the county. Uh, might have a few years on me, not many, <laughs> but uh, but he just really goes at it and promos the thing. He he's a terrific guy, and it's it's a neat event. Union well, County's got a lot going on. I was driving down here, uh, down 74, and I saw uh, the street my wife used to live on because she lived off of uh, Seacrest Shortcut, oh, where wow. now Harbor Freight is, but that used to be like a salvage kind of place that a guy owned yeah. and then saw where we had our first date was at the O'Charlies right there and uh, had there's no the idea. Burger King. All oh, these yeah. years I've been knowing you, I just thought you were a big city guy. That, well, I was. She lived here. <laughs> yeah. And then when it. we got engaged, we sold her house in Monroe and we bought a house in Steel Creek. Well, you've so, done good. As yeah, yeah, say. exactly. So it was nice. It's uh, good to come back down uh, into Union County, this, this deep into Union County. <laughs> Right. So you're in Union County now. I am. Yeah. Sold from out in the uh, South Park area, moved to Waxhaw. You we're were there forever. Are you with, from there? Oh, South yeah. Park? Born, yeah. In, born and raised. Now, it wasn't exactly South Park. Out Carmel Road when yeah. I was a kid. Where the world uh, ended. That's it, it was. It was <laughs> like rural, big time rural out there. I don't know if we had cows, but it was uh, pretty uh, pretty sparse. But And have seen a lot of change in Charlotte. A f- marvelous place, mm. but so is Union County. This, oh, yeah. this place is going to boom. Is booming. Is booming. And, uh, and the next 50 years are going to be great for this great place to live. I think I've talked to you about this before. You also are now the congressman due to the redrawing of the districts. Uh, Oakboro, I've got my in-laws. Right. They're out in Oakboro. Yes, You've Stanley been to the County. 4th of July parade out there? I haven't been to that one you yet. You need to go to the 4th of July parade in downtown Oakboro. Got it on the list. It is on. It should be on everybody's list. It is... Americana. Yeah, so, if you haven't seen a parade of tractors, you're in luck. <laughs> it's good this stuff, is, it is, yeah, and it, and it is a huge parade. You would be amazed. People come from all over to, to the right, like four block downtown in Oakland. Those are great discoveries. Oh yeah, I mean they really are. Robinson County, where I represent, they have the uh, Lumpy Homecoming Parade yep. down there at that time of year. There's one in Faith, uh, North Carolina, right up in in Rowan County. Mm-hmm. You've been to that one. So there's a bunch of those to go to, and, and I want to get to every one of them. But they're you fun. need to go see your old friend Jim Puckett. Who's up in the mountains? Yeah, Montreat. Montreat has a July Fourth uh, 
parade as well. That's right. I was Jim Puckett's wingman That's on right. Board of County Commissioners. Indeed, you were. Uh, you <laughs> mentioned Lumbee. Um, there was I, ju- I was actually doing the story here earlier about Jared Lowry. Yeah. You know Jared Lowry? I know Jared. I don't know the story. Washington Times did a big write-up about the Republicans making inroads, and he was cited right there at the beginning about uh, the, the Republican. Or he's a Republican candidate. He flipped a Democrat state legislative seat yep. for the first time in North Carolina history. Absolutely. And I know you were doing a lot of work with the getting the Lumbee recognition, right? Yes, and, and they deserve it. Right, and so like this is part of that... Uh, I would assume this is part of uh, this trend that is growing yep. where people are, like, again, uh, the, one of the what Gallup or whatever that did the survey that found for the first time since George H.W. Bush, 1991, more Americans identify as Republican than Democrats. So sounds sounds mu- like music to my ears. <laughs> I, and I, but, but to your point, I, you know, this is worth saying. The Republican Party has changed. Yeah. And in a way that is very appealing to me and the way I see the world. But Robinson County, Lumbee, that is the most red-shifted county in the state. And it is because there's a values match. They, they, they'd see no, you, you described who the constituencies of the Democratic Party are, are narrowing to be. Right. And they don't, they don't buy the values proposition. And they don't. And so, uh, and, and there's a you know, tremendous amount of entrepreneurialism. Uh, so I'm, uh, you know, I'm thrilled with what's happened there i uh, was thrilled to be part of it i'm not saying i caused it it was because i think frankly president trump was uh, hugely appealing yeah there and um but i did go down we did say when when we decided to run if people were saying no y'all, y'all you, the conventional wisdom was pay attention to mecklenburg and union counties and forget about the re- other eight other six counties that was we knew for various reasons because of what the time i'd spent in the general assembly we decided our strategy was going to particularly focus on Robinson County. Mm. And uh, we got to know people. And they're the most patriotic, uh, kindest. You know, you get under the Warriors Ball, the Lumbee Warriors Ball. You ever been to that? I have not. So, you know, you think, well, that sounds like it may be sort of uh, uh, Iroquois Indian sort of style uh, things. No, these are Vietnam vets. Mm. And they have a, a ball organized around honoring warriors, you know, servicemen and women. And they and it's it's a tradition and they you know so not to wax the warriors but uh, but they it's a fantastic people. Um, so I actually asked you to stick around because I have now I have a minute. So in one <laughs> so minute, okay. so congrats on being named uh, part of the select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government against uh, conservatives. I think that's the no. I'm just kidding. It's but something it, like basi- that. it basically. So what exactly are you guys going to be? You be, you were pushing for this during the McCarthy speaker fight. What is it that you're looking at? I think there's a long list, and and part of it is con- compiling the list. But uh, just to give an example, given you got short time. The Twitter files. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why is the Foreign Influence Task Force of the FBI constantly engaging with Twitter to the point we've seen and all other social media to the point we haven't seen yet to control what the dialogue is among Americans, the public square? How do they ever get to the point where they believe that's the role of the FBI? The Russian collusion. Well, Well, that's where that started. That's what they used as pretext. But it was pretext, and it was false, and they knew it forever. They knew it since 2017, the early part. So we're going to get into that. We're going to stop it. All right, so we'll have you back on. I could do an entire three hours with you on the Twitter files. I've been covering it extensively. Because to me, like it's amazing people are ignoring it because it's a huge... I mean, it's scary. It's a huge, scary story. It is. Congressman Dan Bishop, thanks for your time today. Thank Good you, to Pete. see you again.
All right, uh, news is next. We're going to talk a little bit more about Union County with some of the uh, folks here who are making that development happen, making it a, a greater place to be. Stick around.